counterfeit. It's a doctrine for the elite. A doctrine motivated by guilt, condemnation, and penalty. It's called wokeism. Natural man's response to not being spiritually awoke. They have to assess their guilt on others to try to, to try to assuage their own condemning conscience by condemning you for what they are guilty of or what should be forgiven never remembered against you again Romans chapter 12 I'm amazed that some pastors actually think it's God to take up such a doctrine in the church. Which means they're not operating in spirit, they're operating in soul. A darkened, blackened soul. And this is being done in what they call megachurches. So how did they become megachurches? Because they please and assuage and comfort one another in their darknesses. And they relate on a soulish level, but the spiritual level will thin you out. It will literally take the unclean out of the flock. You have to deal with your sins in the presence of God. You just can't be a soul doing anything you want with whomever you want somebody else's husband or somebody else's wife. We look how heinous it is in a smaller flock like this. Imagine if there's 10,000 people going to the same place and if you think there are not folks in there sleeping up with one another, you are foolish. And they just do nothing about it. Until they find out the ministry itself is sleeping with other people or the same sex and that's the person you've been listening to supposedly preach the gospel I agree Ty these things ought not so to be but wokeism demands your guilt and I want you to lift your hand at this point and say I'm not guilty Neither am I condemned, and I will not pay the price for somebody else's of past generations, and certainly not my own sins or wrong to my fellow man. Martin Luther King Jr. did have it right. I will judge you on the content of your character. And if you want to be recognized with the looters who organized their crime wave in San Francisco to break and smash and grab a Nordstrom. If you don't want to be called a looter, stop robbing people. Stop breaking down glass doors and glass counters and stealing everything your thieving hands can get a hold of. 
Real simple. You don't want to be known as a drunkard. Stop getting drunk. Idiots. I had a lady across the street didn't like the fact that her son was a drug head and a drunkard. Woman to woman, person to person. She thought she was uh, the sheriff on our street. She wasn't. She said, I don't like what you say about your son. I said, tell him to change his life. I said, everyone in the community knows he's a drunk and a druggie. I said, just because you put up with it doesn't mean we're supposed to. Quiet. Tell me in the same breath you know God while you're doing this. Is God the minister of your sin? Paul said, God forbid. Revelation said this, I'm sorry, Romans. It tastes the same in my mouth. I don't know if letters taste the same to you, but sometimes Romans and Revelation, that's, that's called a disease when you can taste syllables. You didn't know that, did you? Not everybody has it. <laughs> Apparently just me. I said Romans 13. I know I told you to 12. Well, you're close. It's just one door down. We're in the neighborhood. Don't get too excited. All you got to do is walk one door over. We're on the right street in the right place. We're just, we're just one house too soon, okay? Just one, one door down. Crystal, you're going to give me that phone number, right? You better be involved with God's miracle. Somebody say amen. Amen. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, those old A.A. A. Allen pictures of people chained up to the tent post. Oh, I have. I can hear that raspy little Irish man who struggled his whole life. But my, what a deliverance ministry he had. He and Jack Coe, back in the days when tent meetings were a big deal. Not so big anymore. I got in on the very, 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 very tail end of it. Sometimes... What I believe is better handled under a tent than in a church. Church people can be too sanctified for me sometimes. Sometimes I'm so tired of trying to be nice and do everything to keep everybody happy that I throw all that out. I don't throw the baby away, but the bathwater is being thrown out. We're going to go for it. I mean, I've tried all the pruning I can. But now we've just got to get down to an axe and there's some limbs that just plain old need to be hacked off. Can you say amen? How many ever tried to do it the delicate way, the easy way, and you're using all these lesser instruments that won't leave a mark, and you're like, you know what, I'm killing myself. Where's that, where's that hatchet at? I'll get this thing off, son of a devil. Praise God. But the Bible said, the Bible said, in Romans 13, verse 8, Owe no man anything but to love one another. 
For he that loveth another hath fulfilled everything the law could teach you. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, okay, thou shalt not kill, I'm, I'm good on that one. Thou shalt not steal, haven't done that lately. Thou shalt not bear false witness, I never try to do that. Don't become a preacher if you can't stand that one. That's going to be tough. Those people are going to be bearing false witness on you because you tell the truth. They'll cause you everything but what you are. Thou shalt not covet. Well, I'm pretty good on that one too. I don't want your stuff and I'll probably give you my stuff too if you want it. If there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended, understood, recognized, it's cognizant, in this, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. James called that the royal law, being without partiality, without hypocrisy. That's why we pray for Hannah openly. I had to tell people, that I will pray for another Hannah's a million times over as soon as they walk through the door. That's what we're here for. You can't tolerate that. You don't know God. You have the fear that they may mess up something in your little apple cart. Go get a new cart. And I hope you put the apples in it. Somebody say amen. But we're here to help broken people. We're here to help hurting people. We're here to relieve the pain and the sorrow and the sufferings of sin. My God redeems all that. That's what I'm in business for. That's what God's in the business of. Not being so pure and so holy that you just can't stand that sin. Well then forgive it or shut up. Certainly don't use it against the church because it's our job to forgive it. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean I'm not going to welcome it, love it, and pray until it's gone. Somebody say amen. Straightforward today, aren't we? <laughs> love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. But wokeism works a lot of ill in the name of racism, genderism, political correctness, cancel culture. And Joel, even if you say, I've never done that, they will tell you that you are unconsciously biased, and racist, and bigoted. Unconscious. Well, I've not been unconscious now for a long time. I woke up spiritually a long time ago. Now, I don't remember being racist or bigoted when I was a sinner. Now, I had a couple other things, sister, that I was definitely guilty of. Okay? I mean, I was worth going to hell over a lot of other things, but that wasn't one of them. You know, people try this and try that. And I've had some, unfortunately, had they find out the hard way, wanted to know if I was homosexual. I said, wrong, wrong line. You're in the wrong line, pal. I'm guilty of other things, but not that one. I definitely belong in the other line, but not this one. 
you're, you're, you're hunting up the wrong tree, pal. I said, I'm about to take one of my branches and knock your head off uh, to prove to you that I'm not. Say amen. Might as well be honest about it. Say amen. I was a little kid when some neighborhood boy tried that, and I said, you try that again, and we're going to have a fight right here in the middle of the night. Hands off, bro. What the freak is wrong with you? Somebody say amen. Yeah, there is no, no play in discovery. There's a black eye, and I'm leaving. You're going to have the black eye, and I'm the one who's leaving. Somebody say amen. Right? I mean, even back then when I didn't know it was wrong, I, knew, I said, that ain't happening. <laughs> Hold on, Captain. <laughs> that's, that's a no-go. <laughs> Can we say amen? No, I'm not professing to be an angel. I was anything but. But I'm not guilty of everything. There's some things I definitely needed forgiveness on. Somebody look at your neighbor and say amen. See? Therefore, love is the fulfilling. That's why by faith we establish the law and we can prove to you that the law tells us how we should not treat God, how we should not treat others, and how we should not disrespect their possessions. And love will not lead you to mistreat God or others or their possessions. It will give you the right relationship where now you can have your own like I do. God gave me mine and God will give you yours. Can we say amen? So love is what's holy and what's just and what's good. By newness of spirit and newness of life. And that knowing the time. How many knows what time it is? Not on your watch. Spiritually speaking, the society that we are a part of, they call it in the intelligentsia modernity. The present milieu of what's happening in our society, Lynn. Even though I speak in the parlance of South Gastonia speak, I don't have my head in the ground. I can tell you what's going on in our community. I can point out to you that we've got an idiot in the White House. Oh, I'm sorry. You may be one of the 81, 82 million people who voted for the idiot. My bad. But I doubt it. If you believe that, there's no wonder he's your president. Anyhow. I never knew there would be, could be so many idiots in one place. 82 million people. No wonder they need those electronic voting machines and they shut things down at 10 o'clock at night. And suddenly there's a surge and he wins. Oh, I know it sounds like conspiracy. That's because that's what it is. knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Wake up! 
Now they wake up carnally to replace something that they see needs to be done and something that they can blame you for, rule over you and manage you and dip into your guilt bucket. And if you're not saved, you carry around a great big old bucket of guilt for everything you haven't been forgiven of yet. I don't have anything in my guilt bucket. I have some things I want God to change, but I don't feel condemned or guilty about it. I feel like it can be worked out. And I feel like God loves me through it, and if I've done it, if I'm doing it, or if I will do it in the future, it's already forgiven. And it will not be used against me in my journey and walk with the one that never leaves me forsakes me or fails me and he doesn't get discouraged with me. How about you stop getting discouraged with yourself? He's not discouraged with you. How about joining the club? Everybody say, God, according to the Bible, is not discouraged with you. Now, can you please get off that boat and join us over here on the not discouraged boat? He loves us. The storm you're in is helping you get to the other side immediately. What would have taken all night has happened immediately. Oh, thank you for the storm. Because just a minute ago we thought we were perishing because he said we had little faith. And then he controlled the winds and the waves and immediately the storm helped us get to the other side. Everybody say time was an issue. And when he got there, see, Jesus is calling. (laughs) Somebody say amen. Again, knowing the time that we awake, and how do we awake? We awake spiritually. Now, we're willing to make wrong things right, but we don't have to serve you with death, guilt, condemnation and then lay the penalty on you. The price has been paid for all of us. I want you to cash in the same place where I cashed in. His name is Jesus and I've been bought with a price. My sins are paid for and my iniquities are not remembered against me. I'm not trying to attach you to five generations of go of sin. I don't even know if my people even did that. And if we were fighting, it was probably trying to fight to get our next meal. I can see very well getting in on the wrong side of the war because my first question will be, well, do you feed us? And if you feed us, I might throw in with you. Because I'm looking for my next meal from somewhere. They were too in the days of Jesus. He fed them and they turned around and tried to make a king out of him. He said, don't labor for that meat. You and the meat will perish if that's all you are. Labor for that that endures unto everlasting life. Faith. Relationship with God. Relationship that forgives that restores and heals and delivers and sets free. Labor for that meat, which is meat indeed. 
to do the will of God, to follow the will of God. Because I've got something better than Burger King. That may satisfy you in the moment, but i got something you can drink of that's better than this well water. I wish you'd say amen. I wish you'd start having an effect in the right season. To the church of Laodicea, it's not that I would that you were hot and not cold. He said, I always wish you were either that had the right effect. I don't want a hot cup of coffee on a hot sweltering day. It's hot enough. But a good cold glass of tea and lemon, you got me. Give me a a sweating Coke and some crushed ice with a straw, I'm all in. It's hot out here because I want the effect of good news from a far country like cold water. People wrongly teach which one or the other. You know, God wanted us to be hot. You're not supposed to be cold. I said, you're a knucklehead. It's the effect he's pointing out, not the temperatures. Numbskull. What a nescience we deal with in the Pentecostal church where somebody gets up and says something and we all run with it instead of look it up and see if it's so or not. Is that what he really meant? I was told to do good to my enemies. And in so doing, I would heap coals of fire on, on their head. I would be damning them by doing them good. I remember, I remember to this day sitting in church going, wait, hold on, hold on. Run that by me one more time. What did you just say? What? 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 Is that what that means? I went home and looked it up. Guess what I found out, Leah? That's not what it means. By doing good to someone, you can melt away their resolve to be against you by being good to them. I'm still trying to prove to Alejandro that I'm his amigo and not his gringo, but we're getting there. I don't know if he'll ever let me in the family. You know, he has a small circle of friends, and I'm still on the outside knocking on the door, asking him to let me in. And sometimes Carmen feels so bad about it, she makes a peace offering in uh, uh, Mexican food. Well, what do you make, those burritos? What do you do, uh, those chimichangas? What do you do? What do you call them? Tacos, tacos, yeah. She tries to make a peace offering, and then he starts smiling because he loves Mexican food. His light bulb doesn't cut on until you talk about Mexican food, and then... His countenance is changing. Say amen. You made those little things. I think they were hot tamales. They look like little corn things wrapped up in corn stalks or something. Tamales. Holy hot tamales. Holy moly. Holy guacamole. It was good. See? Now look at this. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. The night is far spent, just like it was for Jacob. The day was about to dawn, and the angel of the Lord that was wrestling and losing said, you've got to let me go and we've got to stop wrestling. I don't want to start a new day 
and then you be cemented in being a wrong person in the new day. I want your new day to come up with the new sun. The night is far spent. Haven't you dwelt in darkness long enough? Good. Because there's a new day dawning. And He wants you to have a new life when you go into it. New beginnings for you. You see, it's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions, they fail not. They're new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. The night is far spent. Enough with the darkness. We can only work while it's day. We work in the daytime. Sinners riot in the nighttime. They need the cloak of darkness. The looters, they say we can't use that word anymore. Uh, I didn't get the memo. They waited till darkness. In the olden days, we called it organized crime. Where all the mutts can put on their ski mask, driving up in their Hondas and Acuras, telling us how bad it is to live in America. Well, how'd you get a car like that? Loading up your trunks and your, your back seat with stolen goods. And then... You're worried about us calling them looters while they're looting a store and robbing and stealing? Thou shalt not steal, bonehead. Now, I forgive you, Ode, if you repent. If you tell me you're not going to live a life of thieving anymore. But if you're one of these lying district attorneys that gives them no bail and lets them back right back out on the street. I pray to God they move in beside you and rob your house on a regular basis so you can learn why we have bail and why they should be locked up until they have a trial. Everybody say, praise God. Isn't that great? It's called common sense. You're about to buy a new house. Did you move into the ghetto where they steal the paint off your car? You're moving right in there, right. I need to make sure that the Crips and BLM live next door because I want to be politically correct. And I want to be robbed and shot at every time I come in and out of the house to make them feel like they belong. How about stop committing crime? I want to go where it's safe. I want to go where I'm protected. Because safety is of the Lord. Welcome to the truth. Welcome to God's method of a civil society. Somebody say amen. The night is far spent. Enough of the darkness. Well, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on... The armor of light. Now, in one place, he said on the right hand and the left, let us walk honestly. Let us walk honestly. Everybody say, be honest. What a concept in church. Be honest. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. 
Wantonness is just a nice verb for coveting. Which is the root and the cause of why the word racism wasn't used in the Bible. They've coveted what you have and now they use your tribe, your skin color, to only say, I want what you've got, but I don't want to work for it. I don't want to labor for it. I just want to have it because I want it. The only reason they want to eliminate us is to be us. If you haven't figured this out yet, all they want is to be in your position. They want to live in your home. They want to have your bank account. They want to drive your car. They want to cast you out just so they can be you. And when they do become to that status, they become worse than the people that they replaced because they thought they deserved it and you didn't. You're not hearing me. Just flat out jealousy. Just plain old jealous of what you have. I don't want you, not only do I want my stuff, I want my stuff and your stuff. I don't think you deserve your stuff. When you worked and labored and you paid the price for what you have, when you built up what you've got, you built all that up just so you could give it to me who doesn't deserve it, who doesn't work, who doesn't labor, and who doesn't forgive, and you want me to feel guilty about it. Nope, wrong person. Next line. You're in the wrong line again. Move on. I got no guilt for you. None. Christ didn't leave me with my guilt. And when I forgive and restore you and do right to you, neither do I leave you with your guilt. But wokeness demands your guilt. Demands your fault. Demands your condemnation. And what did you have to do to be condemned? All you had to do is be born white. You were bigoted from the day you were born. As good as Gatlin is, he's born a bigot and a racist because they say he has white skin. Not true. His parents don't teach him that. His parents don't train him up in that. If you knew Matt, he don't have a stick of his bones that are like that. Not a drop of that in him. If you can't discern that. You know, I've got to remind people who are, you know, walk with God. Uh, I have discernment. I said, oh, well, congratulations. I do too. So stop being stupid. I, I've got it too. And I discern the spirit of stupid all over you. Yeah, I'm the guy that's clothed and in my right mind. I'm not wandering around naked in the midst of the tombs with dead people. I'm not guilty of necrophilia. I'm guilty of living life, of wanting to live life and live it more abundantly. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think and I don't have to apologize to you or anyone else for feeling and believing that way. And so, oh, by the way, you can feel that way too. You can believe that way too. It's not just for me, it's for all of us. Welcome to grace. Good to have you here. That's why I've seen in foreign countries, Africa, you name it, the Holy Ghost moves over there just like over here. Now they would sing songs in their language. I'm like, what's it like, Brother Kevin? I said, it's like everyone's singing in the Holy Ghost to me. He said, well, what are they singing? I said, I have no idea, but I get the feeling and the meaning of it. 
loud and clear. Feels like love. Sounds. It has the ring of truth, even though I have no idea how they just said it. Somebody say amen. See, we are spiritually awake, but the natural man receiveth not the things that be of God, but the natural man has to deal with his guilty soul, so he projects his guilt on others to assuage his own guilt. He's got to make you feel guilty as a way of his penance or a way of his working out his guilt and saying, well, at least I've warned others not to be like this because they are. Why? Because you are? You know, when someone... How many ever been wrongly wrongly charged with something before? Wrongly accused of something? I mean, this is wrong as the day is long. That's generally inside of the person accusing you. They're not telling on you. They're using you to tell on themselves. You're just the projector screen. They're projecting and you're the screen. Oh, it's interesting. How long has that been in you? And people generally do not like it when I turn the projector screen back on themselves and say, let's take a look at you. Why is that on your film reel? Why are you running that tape inside of you? Why are you projecting that out? Quiet in the house of God. Michael, who rightly is studying psychology, is going to find how difficult it is to get Christians to admit that I've got anything to work out in my soul. All is well. I'm just fine. Everything's wonderful. Let's shout, speak in tongues, and go home and fight like cats and dogs, and we'll call it Christianity. Let's go to work on Monday. Hate my boss. Hate my job. Uh, Quit, but I'm still working here. Let me go to work for Danny. Do a half-butt job. Do everything wrong, and hate the man that I work for instead of being loyal and faithful and trusting like the Christianity said you should be. See, a lot of people are still working at their jobs, but they quit five years ago. They just didn't notify their employer. Oh, I quit a long time ago. I don't care if you make it or not. Well, that's brilliant of you. If the company goes down, you lose your job, numbskull. Great. I mean, Leah can tell you, If you're making pizza that you wouldn't eat, don't ask me to come to your restaurant. Right? I mean, it should tell you something. If you work there and they won't eat their own pizza, I'm not eating there. Ah! Does this make sense to anyone? You see, our mind makes sense and our heart tells us what's right and wrong. And how many felt that incongruent moment? when you can tell something's very wrong with what they're doing. Now, they want to say it's a good thing to teach wokeness. 1619 Project, Nicole Hannah-Jones-Smith, who just got uh, tenured by Harvard University to teach a lie in the praxis of teaching our children the education you pay for in the public school system just because they're white, having not done any wrong, that they're already guilty for everything this person with a different tone of skin, with a different level of melanin, which determines the color of your skin, that they've already done them wrong just by being white. 
You will not get to beat my grandkids or my children with a cudgel like that. The critical means that it's an argument. It doesn't mean it's true. It is non-historic. non uh, the historicity of what she says is just a theory of her own racism. It does not weigh itself out in history. What she said about Columbus is totally false. No historian agrees with the materials and the opinions of this racist woman. Much less should it be taught in our public school system. Now if you want to teach about it in colleges or universities along with other bad ideas like Marxism or socialism which is just the soft sell of communism, dum-dums, Is this helping anyone today or am I just uh, in a bad mood? How many feels like I'm in a bad mood? Raise your hand and say, he's in a bad mood. <laughs> no, I'm not in a bad mood, but I can be in one. Keep trying. You're one of those people that go to the silverback gorilla cage and keep pushing that button and wonder why he got mad? Stop pushing the button. It's amazing. You mean the bear reached through and bit you after you were poking him with a stick? Imagine that. Golly. See, oh, I know that's not you know people. It's not biblical. Well, let me throw a, let me throw a proverb on you to, to qualify it as being biblical. The curse causeless will not come. When the curse arrives, you've been causing it, causing it, causing it, and God wants to remove the cause so there's no more curse. Right? Frogs leap and jump and bump their tail for a reason. Okay. Okay. The blank stares. Uh... Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riding, drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and in envying, but put ye on. There we are, we're awake and we are conscious and I'm aware if I am racist or hate people because of the color of their skin inside of me. Believe it or not, I'm awoke and aware by the Spirit and can discern also how I feel about them. Get ready. This is what's great about it, sister. It's a two-way street. I can also discern what they think about me. Isn't that amazing? Because I have discernment too. Yay! See, God wants you to show a good spirit but He would also like for you to receive a good spirit. It takes courage to be disliked and to stand your ground and still know I am still what I should be. Even if you're presently sending me your hate spirit. If you're transmitting over the radio station W-H-A-T-E hate towards me. Having done all to stand, we do what? We stand therefore. And we see the salvation of God. Even while discerning, hey, they don't like me much. Oh, they don't like me because of the color of my skin. What would you do to them? 
other than walk in and sit down, nothing yet. Other than being who I am. Woke demands guilt. Demands payment to people that never have been, never were, and in their lifetime have never seen a moment of what they call prejudice, slavery. And I love it when they bring up things that happen to all of us. Why well, got pulled over by a police officer? I said, you too. Amazing. Uh, why'd they pull you over? Uh, well, uh, the color of my skin. I said, that's funny. When they pulled me over, I was breaking the law. I said, that's what's amazing about it. Harvard and Yale did a study on this and they came up with the people who break most of the laws. Oh, shocking! They get pulled over the most. So, Sister Lynn, if you don't want to get pulled over, hmm, here's a novel idea. Stop breaking the law. How many's ever seen Liar, Liar? The old movie, but with Jim Carrey. I love it when the guy that he just got off has just robbed another ATM. And he calls in to his uh, law firm. And he can't lie anymore. And the guy wants to know, and he says, Stop breaking the law! Great idea. He had another superlative to go with it, but since we're in church, Isn't that good? You don't want to be a drunkard? Stop fighting with your neighbor when you're ten sheets in the wind. No wonder the neighbor thinks of you as a drunkard. Stop going over to your neighbor's house after a whole jar of white lightning. Okay? Listen, Captain Red Eyes. We put on Jesus, we will not make provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now here we go. Get ready. Here we go. Well, this is just this has been the nice part. This has been the loving part. Now we get into the gritty of it. Ezekiel chapter three. Now I'm gonna try to move through this with haste for those of you who know your Bible. Well, great. We're gonna know our Bible together, okay? Ezekiel. I almost mixed Ezekiel and Hebrews and came up with uh, Ezekiel. Which I was thinking of Hezekiah. Welcome to my mind. You're trying to keep up. Heck, I'm trying to keep up. Chapter 3. Don't get ticky-tacky with me, Miss Marjorie. Chapter 3. Carmen, will you sit with Margie and make her calm down? Take her a bottle of water. Cool off, sister. Caleb was in a back and forth with his little girlfriend fiance. And after she found out what he had told her was true, she came home and he was kind of berating her for not facing what was obvious to the situation. And I love it. It just it just knocked me out. She said, Chill out, Caleb. It's a process. 
about died laughing. I'm like, yeah, Caleb, chill out. It's a process. See? Now, we're in the process of understanding. And I want you to go with me to Ezekiel 3. I've got to get the chapter and verse right or I'll be dethroned as a pastor. Chapter 3, verse 17, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman, watching over an overseer unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word of the Lord and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall go ahead and die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at thine hand. So it's my job to warn you of what's going on out here. You wouldn't believe the pastors when I try to share with them what's facing our community. They say, oh, I don't like to get into that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Then don't get into that. Because your congregation is facing it every day. Hopefully, you can do a fast from the lying media that's trying to brainwash you with all their garbage. Yet if thou warn the wicked, like Kevin, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doeth, doth turn from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, I will lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered, but his blood where I require at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live because he is warned. Also thou hast delivered thy soul. Verse 26 and 27, same chapter. And I will make thy tongue cleave to the roof of thy mouth, and thou shalt be dumb, and thou shalt not be to them a reprover, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with thee, I will open thy mouth, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, He that heareth, let him hear, and he that forbear, let him forbear, for they are a rebellious house. So this is one of those days where God has uncleaved my tongue from the roof of my mouth. And he said, just let it fly today. Let it fly. Say what you need to say. Now the good news is the number of us are very obedient. We're very obedient. But we have to go forward and warn others. It's not just my job to warn. It's yours too. Welcome to the family. Ezekiel 18. Now, of course, make my day and read all the chapter and everything in between. Marvelous. Because they have been displaced, the children have been drug out of Jerusalem where they grew up, and now, because of their sins, a 70-year judgment And Ezekiel has become the prophet pastor over them in a foreign country, in a foreign city, in a foreign place called Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, uh, 
under the control of Nebuchadnezzar, the children have this to say. 18 verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto me again, saying, What mean ye that you use this proverb concerning the land where you were of Israel, saying, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and because they ate sour grapes, we're feeling bad for it. In other words, they ate something that should have made them sick, and now we're sick because of what they ate. Now, get a hold of this. Sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, saith the Lord God, you shall not have occasion anymore to use this Proverbs in Israel. I apparently get sick because of what my dad did. No, you get sick because of what you're doing. And believe it or not, as good as you think you are, had God not brought this punishment and judgment, the children would have done exactly what their parents did and worse. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also is the soul of the Son mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Let's say that together. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, if you look at some of the best, and here's what we do in America, white people can't have the common sense to know what's right and wrong. So now the only way we can hear something that makes sense to all of us white folk is to have a black person say it. And they're like, well, isn't that interesting? We've been saying that for, you know, uh, at least the last century. So I appreciate that you're bringing that up now because that's what we already believe. And we didn't need a black person to point that out to us. I was already living that way. But it's good to have you on the team. Do I need to go through that again? You didn't lose your common sense. You weren't saying it wrong just because you were white. And now the only thing that's acceptable in our society is to get a person of color say the sense that you've been living by your whole life. So now we've got to have a Thomas Sowell. We've got to have a Shelby Steele. We've got to have a Charles Payne. We've got to have all these different identities. These black people tell us, well, we already knew to start with. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I agree with that. But I didn't just come on board. That's not a new idea. We were living that way before you got here. But we're glad you're saying it, so keep on saying it. Y'all with me? And now the woke people say, like the man who just ran for governor, Larry Elder, a black man, and a white girl who put on a black gorilla face, throwing eggs at him, nothing got said, that the black man became the face, get ready, you're going to like this, of white supremacy. Why? Because he had the belief of what supposedly white ideas instead of right ideas. You know, a right idea is a right idea no matter who says it. Good behavior is good behavior no matter what the color of your tooty fruity skin is. You can succeed if you go to work every day and work hard, keep your nose clean. You know, here's an idea. Uh, shut up and just drive the bus. And when you're driving the bus, here's what happens, sister. Some people get on, some people get off, but you still have to go to your destination. What do you do? Keep driving. 
Some get on, some get off, some like the way you drive, some get behind you and tell you how to drive the whole way. You're praying that they do get off. How did I ever get this far without you? It's really amazing that I drove this bus. I was driving this bus when you got on. I don't know how I got here, but thank God you're here now. Now you can navigate for me. Or I can use the duct tape and I can duct tape you to the chair and your mouth. It's like going to the doctor. I said, you know, doctor, now stop treating me like I'm dumb. I was well enough about the faculty of my own being that I recognized something wasn't right. And because I knew that, that's why I came to you. I'm aware of what my body's doing. That's how I came to you to start with, okay? You're not the only one who went to college and graduated. I did too. So stop talking down to me or you'll find out what it is to be fired because I will fire you to your face. Please try to be courteous and nice. I'm trying. How about a little bit of that coming back my way? Right? Oh, nobody agrees. Oh, he's a doctor. What am I going to do? Oh, there's plenty of them out there. Go find another one. Last time I got treated that way, I said, guess what, smarty pants? You're fired. I'm not paying you nothing. I'm walking out of here. So forget you. Adios. I remember standing there with this jaw on the ground. I just walked away. I said, talk to me like that. Somebody say amen. And the only reason Nurse Ratchet is still Nurse Ratchet is everybody lets her get away with it. I said, listen, Sister Jawbone, you can shut it. We're not married. You may talk to your husband like that, but we ain't married and you're not talking to me like that. So whether it be male or female, we should be respectful and show courteousness and good behavior. Alejandro's eyes are going, ooh, ooh. He's glad he's got his ears cleared out so he can hear me say all this stuff. Ezekiel 18, 19. You ready? Here we go. Yet you say, why doth not the Son bear the iniquity of the Father? How come we don't bear the iniquity of our confederate fathers all those generations ago? We should have to pay for what we never did because of what they did a uh, hundred to uh, hundred and fifty years ago to people that have never suffered any of the things that they say they've suffered. When the Son hath done that which is lawful and right and hath kept all my statutes and hath done them, He shall surely live. Hmm. Everybody say, I'm surely going to live. And I'm going to live free of all the guilt you're trying to pin on me. Because this donkey don't carry a tail, no matter how much you want to pin it on me. I refute. I refudiate being the north end of a southbound uh, mule. I, I'm not. I'm not your guy. It's not happening. And if you figure that out, I'm being nice. The soul that sinneth—that's the one that dies, and it dies in the generation that it lives. It pays the penalty for what you've done. 
while you're living it in real time. That's why we give an account of the deeds done in the body while we're alive here today. My life is presently being adjudicated by Christ. You don't wait till the white throne judgment of Revelation 19. That is a goofy idea. God deals with you right here, right now about how you live in real time. Let me say the Holy Spirit deal with you about something you just did and wanted you to do something. In the same moment, the Holy Ghost said, Oh, what? Excuse me? What did you just do? Oh, you're going to make that right. Uh, it's called conviction. It's called, I don't know, being led of the Spirit. That's because Christ, who dwells in my heart by faith, He lives right here. He doesn't approve of my wrongdoing. Does anyone have salvation like that? Or am I the only nut that fell off this tree? I mean, last time I looked around, there was a bunch of you acorns running around shouting hallelujah. We're oak trees! We're oak trees! I was walking through the woods and I said, Look at that Pentecostal oak trees! Look at those Pentecostal acorns! Bunch of nuts! So I took my foot and smashed them into the ground. And one of them looked up and said, You just helped us accomplish our goal. Now we'll become all trees because we needed to be pushed down into the dirt. Thank you, sir. So what may be working against you is really working for you or all things are for your sake. That's another sermon. Everybody say amen. We still love him. Righteousness shall be upon him. The wickedness of the wickedness shall be upon him. Verse 21, But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed in his lifetime while he's alive, not five generations later, and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Oh, with God there's forgiveness and there's no remembrance after he forgives you, neither will he use it against you. All his transgression that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned. Everybody say that with me. They shall not be mentioned. People with bitterness will remember something from five minutes ago, five hours ago, five days ago, five weeks ago, five months ago, five years ago. Because they're bitter. And you'll notice that their list of bitterness gets longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. Because the more you live around that bitter person, they'll find more reasons why you're wrong and they're wrong. And if they won't forgive that person, while you sit there and agree with them about why that person is so wrong and why they don't forgive them, wake up because you're next in line. You're only agreeing with an idea that's going to put you on the list. Uh, so how about having an idea, let the light bulb connect, ding! Maybe we should forgive the person because if they don't forgive them, you're next in line. You just haven't got to your turn yet. <laughs> Come on, man, wake up. It's called grace. And the person that they're bringing up that's not forgiven, they deserve it too. Or the list will get longer. And now, it took several years. It took you 10 or 20 years, but now you're on the list too. Way to go, champion. 
or we can believe what the Bible said, all his transgressions that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him in his righteousness that he hath done, he shall live. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Question, saith the Lord God, shall not that he, re- but, but not rather that he should return from his ways and live? God says, I don't want them to die in their sins, but some are bound and determined to do so. But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doeth according to all that the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done also shall not be mentioned because one sinner can destroy much good. In his trespass that he hath trespassed and in his sin that he hath sinned in them he shall die. Shall he die? Yes. Now, verses... Uh, 31 and 32. We've only got one more place to go, so hang on. I know you're being called by your stomach now instead of God, but this is worth it. Cast away, cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby you have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit, For why will you die? Why will you die? God says, why are you dying? I don't want you dead. O house of Israel. For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth. Say that with me. For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth. God never loved one person and hated another. Paul corrected that. Jesus corrected that. And because the Jews are the ones that wrote the first five books of the Bible, they brought forth a doctrine that was not true. And Paul had to point out in a corrective rhetoric, why did you write, uh, uh, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. That's not predestination. That was a wrong theology created by the Jews that had larger implications that the Jews have I loved and the Gentiles have I hated. But he uses a Jewish man called the Apostle Paul who had been Saul of Tarsus to show that he's made of both people, Jews and Gentiles, one new man, one new nation. Guess what? God always loved all of us. He not only loved Isaac, he loved Ishmael too. He not only loved Jacob, he used Jacob to win Esau. He not only loved Abel, he loved Cain too. They turned it into, oh, and I don't know if you've heard this before in church. I've heard it my whole Christian life. Stupid doctrine. Very stupid doctrine. God loves one group of people, hates another group of people. Have you ever been in church and heard that? Heard something like that? Oh, well, there's one, one honest person. Well, we'll pray for honesty next Sunday. But... There are people that teach that. Knuckleheads. That read Paul in the book of Romans. Well, right here it says it, Brother Kevin. It says it. I got you. People, I love young ministers. I got you in a gotcha moment. I said, oh, I feel God. How wonderful. Get me some more. It says it right here. Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. I said, I know numbskull. 
our Apostle Paul was learning from our Apostle Jesus and he had correct wrong doctrine that had been propagated, uh, propagated by you Jews because that's not the way it is. Jesus corrected them five times in the Sermon on the Mount. Now you have said, but I say unto you, this is the way you teach it, all wrong. This is what I have to say about it, all right. Those are called corrections. You don't get revelation from that. You get correction from that. Well, what's the revelation? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know, maybe that Jesus corrected it and He wants us to do it the right way. That's why reproofs of instruction and correction are the way of life. You know, God wants us to do it right. Everybody say, God wants us to do it right. Not only the right spirit, the right motive, but also the right method. Now, Ezekiel 33. And if you behave, this is the last chapter that I'm going to read out of. Prolonging this service, wanting to worship in the Holy Ghost, acting like God was moving, rebellious people. I know what you'll do. You'll go home today. Preacher was long-winded today. Yeah, after you wanted to worship for five hours. Paula, please bring me some soap over to the house. I mean some soup over to the house. Apparently I'm with a fever and it needs to come down. Joe, I'm not taking no guff today. I'm changing the channel on the TV whether they like it or not. You got four TVs and I'm changing one of them. The rest of you can shut up! <laughs> oh, I'm never going to forget that day. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Ezekiel 33. Now, I do encourage you to read this whole chapter because it is all good. Ugh. Where can I jump in? Got too much marked. Seventeen. That's where I'll jump in. I I'd like to adjure you. Uh, that's pretty strong though. I wish you would read the whole chapter. How many will at least try to read this whole chapter? Because it's all good. It's all good. Is that right, Sister Lynn? Is it all good? This is a better chapter. Now not that I'm saying one chapter is better than the other, but this is a good one to jump in on. Okay, 17. Yet the children of thy people say, The way of the Lord is not equal. But as for them, their way. Wokeism is not equal. Applying, remembering, attaching, and penalizing, and punishing your generations, your children, for somebody else's sin. My grandson, Wyatt, he hasn't committed any sin. Ava hasn't committed any sin. Addison hadn't committed any sin. And, mm, well, Kevin did, but he was forgiven of. And even in that category, I, I don't ever remember being that way. Right? Now, I'm not saying that no one's ever committed a sin. Or used their color against him. If you have, God will forgive you. Stop it. 
Don't do it no more. Treat people by their conduct and their character and their behavior. That's what we're looking for, not skin color. We actually love people. So, when the righteous turneth from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby. But if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. Yet ye say the way of the Lord is not equal. O you house of Israel, I will judge you everyone after. Thank you, Margie. Everybody say, you only get judged for what you do. And if you didn't do it, I wouldn't anybody condemn me. I said, you can go get whoever you want. But if I didn't do it, I'm not going to agree to it. Burn me at the stake. They used to try to do this back in the days of the first church. Make them burn them at the stake to denounce them or confess their sins. And when they were forgiven, they wouldn't do it. Can we say amen? And then jump over to verse 30. I'm really letting you off the hook here. You know, if somebody hadn't gotten so anointed and had to preach another sermon before I sat down to preach this sermon, we'd have more time for this sermon. But it's two for one. Feel happy. Look at your neighbor and say, We got two for one today. We got two great sermons for one. I mean, uh, you know, thank you. Double portion. There is a man of real revelation. Thank you, Lord. Everybody who wants to take that up with him, meet him at the door back there. Also, verse 30, chapter 33, verse 30. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against you by the walls and in the doors of the houses. And don't think I'm unaware of it. While you lay there in the bedchamber and complain about me, the Bible said there is that that has wings that will pick up your conversation while you're raking me over the coals and come and bring it into my ears. And don't even challenge me on that because I can prove it to you from the Bible. So be careful how you judge me and criticize me while I'm trying to tell you what God's ways are. I'm sorry if it cuts across the wrong part of you, but that's part of you that may need to be cut out so that you can go on living. So they're still talking against you as they speak to one another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what the word of the Lord that cometh forth from the, from the Lord is. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And marry that to Titus 1.16. I won't look it up for you, but you should, you should put that down right there. And lo, thou art unto them, <laughs> like I was singing today, as a very lovely song of one that has a pleasant voice. Now that's a revelation. That Pastor Kello has a lovely singing voice. Don't you agree, Carmen? My lovely singing voice, right? See, I, I don't blame you. I wouldn't say amen either, but there it is. Holly, I was expecting you to say amen, and it just really surprises me you didn't. But anyway, like a lovely song with a pleasant voice, and play well on an instrument. Wow! For they hear thy words, but they do them not. 
And when this cometh to pass, and lo, it will, then shall they know that a... I try to be as nice as I can about it. And even other people in the ministry put me down if I ever even so much as give an inkling to admit what God called me to be. But God gave me that calling, a seer, a prophet. I don't know who he thinks he is, you know. Uh, and then you get a whole hour-long message of how they don't believe in prophecy and they don't ever prophesy, how everyone who does it's wrong. Well, I don't feel wrong. I feel like my job is to point out what's right. How many of you can say amen? You know, I, sometimes I feel like Moses. I've done no man wrong. I've not stolen any of your cattle. I've never been over in your field. I didn't take any of your goats or lambs. I mean, calm down. I haven't robbed any of you. I'm trying to point out the way of the Lord. And how many's heard it? Wokeism wants to blame you for something and hold you guilty. God Himself does not operate that way. That's woke in darkness. Woke in carnality. Woke as engineered the counterfeit, the false uh, pseudo uh, goodness of a carnal man who received not the things that be of God. We are awake and my conscience is clear. And you can't defile it just because you want me to be condemned or damned or put down or guilty for something that I have not, did not do. And if I did do it, I'm forgiven of it and it still can't be used against me. Can we say amen? So, are you awake in righteousness? I am. But I refudiate the wokeness of carnal men. The wokeness of the present society, which is full of lies. Well, that's what I had to say today. How many feel edified? I, I hope that you, you feel this in an upbraided way. Remember the word upbraid is to correct, but, but to build you up while you correct. That's why it's not downbraided, it's upbraided, right? So you braid something up to tighten it up and make it look better. It's not to tear something down, but it's to braid something up and make it be what it should be. So if you feel a little bit challenged today, it was to build you up and not put you down. That probably still doesn't get me out of trouble, but I'm trying. Okay, so we plan on being here, Super Dave. Others of us, good, loyal, and faithful, will be here on Wednesday night. More Bible study. And I'm going to teach on, hopefully, that there are only two types of people in the land. Firstborn and those waiting to be born. Only two. An old man and a new man. And if you're a new man, you're a firstborn. If you're an old man, you're waiting on your birth to return to you. So, I'm glad that we had a Holy Ghost service today. I'm glad for the obedience of Alejandro to obey the Holy Ghost. I want to see him with more hair, 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 haircuts on a regular basis. He's going to punch me after church. But I do love you all. I tell you, we came to church last Sunday, or I did, and there was a guy out working 
on Sunday morning, and I had to take a double take. He looked just like Alejandro and had a big bushy head of hair. I almost stopped the truck and said, what are you doing out here working on Sunday? You get your buns and hop in the truck. We're going to church. You're going to leave this crew right now. And then I looked at him. It wasn't Alejandro. And I said, Phew. I about got into it that day. Lord have mercy. But I love you. God bless you. Be friendly. Show love. And continue to pray for Sister Diane that her lungs and her capacity for breathing will be stronger. You know, that's what causes us to live. That's what oxygenates the rest of our organs and vital, vital parts within us. So uh, continue to pray for her that she gets better. Because uh, trust me, I'm much more tolerable with her than without her.